0: Hi, my name is Michael and welcome back to the USC Christian Challenge podcast. Whenever we have too much going on in our lives, we often slack on doing activities such as reading books. The Bible is one such example. But God gave us scripture for a reason, and it's more than just an intellectual activity we partake in. Continuing on our new series, Real Faith in a Real World, Eric is going to describe how we should respond to God's word as we continue going through the book of James. Welcome to Challenge. Um, we're continuing our series on James, and to start off, I want to give some advice. As someone who has graduated successfully, to all of you who have not yet graduated, I know there's some freshmen here who are probably thinking, what the heck do I do in in college? And probably some seniors here who are wondering, what the heck do I do in college? So I hope hope that this is helpful from someone who's done it and graduated. You may not have heard this before, but my advice to you is just go to class. I see some lights turning on for some of the seniors. Just just go to class. That is my advice. It's very simple. But I don't think going to class is actually enough. I think it's just a starting point. And to explain that a little more, I want to tell you about the class I struggled with the most when I was in college. It was Honors Physics, Electricity and Magnetism taught by Professor Bickers. Has anyone had Bickers? You avoid him. <laughs> I understand. It was a very difficult class. Um, but Dr. Bickers was a, was a great professor, absolutely brilliant, had been studying, you know, physics for probably 40 years at this point, so he knew what he was talking about, and I went to every single class, didn't miss a single one, took notes the whole time, hung on to every single word, but I still struggled. Why was that? Well, it was because of the homework. What Dr. Bickers did is he uploaded videos on how to do every single homework problem, a detailed walkthrough of him going through it, and the intent was that if you were stuck and didn't know what to do, or if you went through everything and wanted to check your work, you could watch the video and see how to actually do it. But what I did is, whenever I had NCBC, beatsy? what's that? <laughs> I don't know the phrase. Um, that's in my, not in my notes. <laughs> the tiniest, let's say, the tiniest bit of resistance, I went to the video and I was like, "Well, I'm going to just just watch this and figure out how to do it rather than struggle through it myself." So really, I didn't do the homework. I physically did it, I guess, and I turned it in, but. I never actually applied what I was learning in class. And so when the first midterm came around, I had no idea what to do because i had never tried it myself. See, my attendance was important. I had to ingest the material and I had to learn it, but to get the benefit from that material, I actually had to put it into practice. I had to do the homework. You need to go to class. You need to do that. That's the start. But you also need to do the homework to do well in school. Now, I'm not promising a 4.0, I have to say that, for legal reasons, or else you're all gonna come up to me. You promised us uh, at the end of the year. But if you do those things, I think you will probably do pretty well in school, right? It makes sense. Well, the same is true with walking with God. You see, we have access to the Bible, and these are the very words of God, the, the greatest teacher imaginable, even beyond imagination. If you think about it, look what Second Timothy 3:16 through 17 says about the Bible, all scripture. Every single bit of it is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You see, the Bible isn't just some textbook written by human hands. It was divinely inspired by God, the one who invented everything, including physics, right? He created life itself, and we have the opportunity to learn from him. We have the opportunity to learn all about how life is meant to work by reading and listening to The scriptures, the Bible. And that's an amazing privilege we have, right? It's total open access to the word of God. How often we disregard scripture. We think it's a chore to read all this stuff. This is a gift that we have. We need to go to class. We need to be reading scripture, memorizing it, hearing it preached, meditating it, all these different things. This this is known as living in the word of God. You saturate your life with the truth of the gospel and the Bible. But you can also probably tell from observation in your life that just knowing about the scripture is not really enough. I mean, there are so many Christians out there who go to church every single week. Don't miss a single one. Part of a youth group, Bible study on weeknights, probably posting on Instagram verses, have little pillows in their house with Bible verses. They're hearing the word all the time, surrounded by it, just all the time. They know it very, very well. And yet, when you look at their life, it doesn't really look too different from people who aren't Christian. Why is that? Well, it's just like with school. You got to go to class, but that's not enough. You also need to do the homework. We need to be living in the Word of God, deepening our knowledge of it. But in order to see change in our life, we also have to live under the Word of God. We need to put the Word of God into practice. And that's what James talks about in the second half of chapter one. We're continuing our series tonight on the book of James. We're going to start by looking at verses 19 through 21. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So what James here is doing is he's describing the attitude we should have when we approach scripture. We should be quick to hear it, right? We should receive it with meekness. What James is getting at is we need to submit to it and all of it. For that matter, all of it is God-breathed, you know, not just the parts we like or agree with, we need to submit to all of it. Rather than be fast to insert our own opinions or thoughts, we need to listen to what it says with a teachable heart. We need to go to class. And logically, if you think about that, that should make total sense. If scripture truly is God-breathed, every single part of it, if it truly is useful for all these different things, then we can trust that scripture is true. God created life. He has perfect wisdom and knowledge. We, we don't have that. Of course, of course we submit to scripture, right? God knows how everything works. And on top of that, God is good, right? God loves us. So he gives us scripture, not just to give us a random to-do list to keep us busy while we're here. He actually gives this to us so that we can have life to show us the, the best life possible one spent following Jesus. Scripture is a gift. As I said before, it is a blessing in our lives that we have it. But I think a lot of times we tend to approach Scripture very differently, right? We come at it with a heart to judge. We come at it to kind of pick and choose what we think is right. And whenever we see something we don't agree with, or maybe something we don't like, we are quick to speak. I don't know about that. We say things like, ah, the Bible's a little old-fashioned on that one. This is 2022. We know a little better now, right? We say things like this. We think things like this. We we even can be quick to anger. That can't be right. How could God say that? But... Think about what you're actually doing when you are quick to speak, quick to anger. What you're actually doing is you're saying you know more than God himself, this one who created everything, right? That's a pretty bold claim to think that. It would be the equivalent of me standing up in Dr. Bicker's class and just saying, I don't think that's how electricity works. When this guy studied it for 40 years and turned on some light switches and stuff like that, but I have no idea what I'm talking about. He does. You see, in class, never did it cross my mind to do that, to stand up and object to what he was saying. Rather, everything he told in class, I took to be truth. He knows what he's talking about. I want to learn from him. That's why I'm here. That's why I went to class in the first place. I was quick to hear. I was receiving with meekness his teaching. Right? It was never, well, I'll, I'll see what he says, and then I'll think about what I, what I think about it and agree with it. No, it was, whatever he said, I'm, I think it's true. And this is the same attitude we need with God and his word. Every word he says is true. He is trustworthy, he's good, he doesn't lie. Every single thing we can trust. And, you know, rather than be quick to speak, we know that he loves us and is telling us these things for our benefit. I want to learn from God, why wouldn't I? He has much more than 40 years of experience, He created everything. And so what James is saying here, as when we approach scripture, we ought to meekly, humbly approach with the presupposition that everything I'm about to read is true. Every single bit of it, it's trustworthy, it's written here for my benefit. Even the things that are challenging, and, and there are certainly things in the Bible that are. Now, I don't think this is saying, don't question things. I think when you read the Bible, you ought to ask questions. Right? That, that's totally natural, just like you would in class. When the teacher says something, you don't understand it, you ought to ask questions. God, why do you say this? I don't understand. That doesn't make sense. God, God's ways are not our ways. So it's totally normal to read things in the Bible and be like, "This, this doesn't make sense. I don't understand." That's totally normal. There are very difficult things in the Bible, but the posture we approach with is one in which, when we question, we are seeking to learn from God. We realize we are the ones who need to learn, not God. We need to go to class because He created everything, and all Scripture is God. We can trust that the teacher is good, he knows what he's talking about, he's always right. And in this beginning uh, couple of verses, James also highlights the urgency, I think, in which we need to do this, right? Be quick to hear. This is a priority in life. It's not just something we do when we have time, but we need to be quick to it. Why? It's able to save our souls. It's a pretty uh, pretty big thing, right? It's not just our, our GPA is on the line, even though that is important. Our souls are on the line. The Bible is a serious matter. It's not something to play around with. It tells us the path to life through Jesus Christ. It's important stuff. So we need to live in the word of God. We need to go to class and go to class with the right attitude, humbly submitting to God, realizing that he is the teacher and we are not. But that's not where James ends this passage. He actually goes on in verses 22 and 24 to say this. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. You see, we need to go to class and and do the homework. We need to be a doer. Humbly receiving is only part of it. We also need to faithfully obey what the Bible says. Living under the word. If you miss that, James says it right there. You are deceiving yourself. You see, a lot of times we tend to think that knowledge equals maturity. So the more I know I'm going to church regularly, if I keep the pillows nice and straight, I'm doing well, right? I I know a lot about the Bible, but what James is saying and what God is saying is that there's more to following Jesus than just knowing about scripture. We need to put it into practice. We need to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And to demonstrate it, he uses this interesting analogy of a mirror. What does this mean? Well, let me ask you all a question. Why do you go to a mirror? You want to know what you look like, right? Do I have messy hair? Is there a giant piece of food in my teeth? Do I look cute? Today Today's important questions to ask. I ask that all the time. And that, that though, is why the mirror is so valuable, right? It tells you truth. It tells you the truth about yourself. It reveals reality about yourself. If you look like a slob, the mirror is gonna tell you you look like a slob. It's not gonna spruce things up for you or hide the fact. That would be a, an awful mirror, right? It would be pointless. Why, why would you have that in your house? The mirror is there to tell it like it is. You look awful. Um, <laughs> blame the mirror, don't blame me. Um, even if the truth hurts a bit, the mirror tells you that, right? But that's great. You want that. You want the mirror to tell you the truth. You don't want it to hide, hide anything from you. We want to know if we look awful. Why? because then we can make a change, right? You could take action. You can fix it. You can comb your hair or do whatever you need to do. See, it wouldn't be enough to just have the knowledge that you had messy hair and need to shave or whatever. Just knowing doesn't do anything. You need to do something with the knowledge. The mirror is a point of action. We humbly receive the truth about ourselves. I'm a slob, I look awful. And we make appropriate changes based on the reality that the mirror shows us. Without the action, the truth that the mirror shows us is, is worthless. You forgot what you look like. You went away doing nothing, and you had no benefit from knowing the truth. This gift of knowing the truth was wasted. And the same is true of the Bible. It's reality. God breathed. Totally true. We can trust it. right? It's inspired by the one who created all things and knows how all things work. And it's not afraid of being brutally honest with us, that we are sinners, that we fall short every day, we are often not living in line with what God has for us. We are people who need the the saving grace of of Christ. And it also reveals the truth about Christ, right? What he's like, what it looks like to trust and follow him, and and the wonderful truth that he has offered forgiveness to us. Reconciliation, if we put our trust in him. Tells us the truth. And that's great. That's a great thing, right? Praise God that he didn't just leave us alone, in this world to just figure it out, right? It is so loving and gracious that God told us things like, hey, money isn't the way to satisfaction. So don't don't go living your life just for money. It's so great that we know that. Could you imagine if we didn't? What would we do, right? That he warns us about the danger of sex outside of marriage, that he tells us that the best way to have relationships is to, to forgive and love them and even love your enemies. These are difficult, difficult things. Of course they are, but they're so good to know so good to know the truth, and that is why the Bible is so precious, so valuable. I, I want to know the truth, even when it is hard to accept, because then I can take action on it. I can make a change. I can submit my life to it. I can live under it. Right? I can live not thinking I look great when my hair is just a total mess, or right? I have a giant piece of food in my teeth. I, I, not thinking that I'm succeeding in life and doing great when really I'm just living far from God, deep in sin and just heading headfirst into pain and and death, as as scripture tells us. I can take action. I can turn, repent, go back to God. And he, as we know from scripture, will lovingly, mercifully accept us every single time. But if we do not act on the truth, what's the point? You just forgot what you looked like. So James, rather than be the person who looks in the mirror and forget, James encourages us to have this attitude instead in verse 25. But... The one who looks in the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer, hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And I think this is a great summary statement of, of the verses we just read. First, the law, the Bible, is perfect. Totally true. We can trust it entirely. Second, it's a law of liberty. It frees us. It's not a burden. Sin is the burden. The Bible is true. It's freeing. It gives us life. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to be free from sin. That's a great thing, that freedom coming from following Jesus. And so having this attitude towards the word, we persevere, right? We, we hear it, but we also do it. We live in and under it. And why do we do that? Because we're blessed when we do that, right? We know to turn away from our sinful life, this life of pain and death, and live the life that God intended for us all along. It's a great thing great thing that we have the bible so how can you do this how can you uh, get more of your life in and under the word i have some suggestions of things that i think will really help they've really helped me they're very easy suggestions any anyone can do this um, nothing complicated the first thing i would tell you is have a quiet time you've been around challenge long enough you've definitely heard of a quiet time a quiet time is time you spend alone in a quiet place as the name suggests without distraction reading the scripture for yourself and praying through it. And this this has been one of the most helpful things for me as I've been walking with God and trying to put these things into practice. And it's been helpful because it's when I slow down, take the time to read through the Bible and actually process it, think through what is this saying? That's when I learn so many things, right? It's a mirror. It's the mirror that James talks about. I can see so many areas in my life where I can grow. And again, that is a great that we have access to that. This isn't just reading real quick and skimming it. This isn't just checking a box. But What this is, is taking time to read and pray through. God, what does this mean? How does it impact how I am living? God, help me to put this into action. Help me to live this out in my life. We need God's help to do this, right? It's living in and under the word of God. Some of you may have never done that before. Maybe some of you have and have fallen off. I've certainly done that many times. Well, what I would encourage you to do is just take things slow. Maybe this week, just, just read a chapter every morning before class. Not that hard, not that long. You know, the gospels are a great way to start if you don't know where to read, but just slowly start to get this into your life. Right? It has the power to save our souls. This is an important priority. Be quick to hear. But as you read, make sure you are open to the Spirit of God prompting you to make changes in your life, drawing you to certain passages things like that. There's a helpful acronym that is going to be up there on the screen, SPACE. And these are some good questions just to ask and things to look for as you're reading the Bible. Is there a sin to confess? Is there some area in my life where I'm living outside of God's word that I need to get right with God? Is there a promise to claim? Is there something that he has told me is true that I'm not believing? Is there an attitude to change, a command to obey, an example to follow? As you're reading, you can think through these things and the Spirit... Bring things to mind where you need to make a change. And the great news is the Spirit will help you do that if you put things into practice. So take the time to have a quiet time. And that will really help you as you look to live in and under the Word of God. The second thing I'll tell you is is go to Life Group or Freshman Connection if you are a freshman. Um, In Life Groups, you get to study the Word of God, live in it together with your peers, going to school together, right, learning from the Bible Together, you get to talk about what you're learning. How does this apply to your life? How does this apply to my life? And and I think the great thing about life groups and and Freshman Connection is the other group members there can really encourage you as you go about being a doer They can help you. You know, the deepest friendships I had in college were all from life group. As we got together to discuss the Bible, live in it, and then encourage each other and challenge each other to actually go about doing it in our daily life, even when it was you know, I'm very thankful for guys like James and Remington and Juhan and so many others who I still keep in touch with who still are challenging me even today to, to keep going, to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. So make time in your schedule for life groups. You know, we have a bunch to choose from. There's gotta be one that'll work. We have them from Monday to Wednesday. You can find them on, on our Instagram if you want more details, but, but take advantage of that opportunity. It's a great method to to again live in and under the word. Another thing is is this Thursday nights. Great. Uh, you know, another great opportunity. Every week here, you'll get to hear truth from the scripture. And every week, we're going to look to try to give you some very practical things you can do. So again, make make time in your schedule to come here and hear the word. Be quick to hear. And again, be a doer. Don't just leave here and, and not do anything. Um, you know, Take what we say seriously when we talk about applications. Put them into practice. Figure out what it means for you. You know, the staff, we've been where you are right now before. We know what it looks like to walk with God through, through college and, and how to put that into practice. So, you know, take us for our word. We've seen the benefit in our lives um, and we want that for you too. So keep coming to Thursday night. Um, keep learning more about the scripture and how to practically apply it. Um, and the last one I would say is get involved in a local church. Church is great for many reasons, right? You'll, you'll hear the teaching, uh, another opportunity to hear the word. But one, I think one of the great parts about church that we don't often think about is you get to see the word lived out in all sorts of different walks of life. You know, you can see people in their 20s, 30s, 60s, 80s walking with God and what that looks like. People who are building their career. People who are parents in good times and bad times. You get all these opportunities to see the word lived out. And you get to encourage each other in doing that. It's an important part of living in and under the word of God. And I know in college it may be easy to neglect, but I encourage you to do that as well. We arrange rides for that. So talk to uh, your life group leader or one of the staff members. We can help you with that. But... That'd be the last thing, be part of a local church. Now, that list is probably the most unsurprising thing you've ever heard, right? You knew I was going to say that. Quiet time, you knew I was going to say that. Essentially, it boils down to go to places where you can hear the Bible, have some takeaways, all through on the takeaways. Do it in a group if you can. That's it. Very basic, right? Very simple. But you will never outgrow the basics. Never. We, we all need to constantly be immersed and reminded of the truth of the Bible, the truth of the gospel. We need it every single day, every single person here. There's not a one who doesn't need it. We need God every single second. right? We, we can't go without it. And he wants to use the Bible in your life to, to show you how to live the best life possible, to bring you more and more in line with the truth, that abundant life, a life that flourishes, a life following Jesus Christ giving up our lives for him, becoming more like him every day. So if you do these very simple things day after day, diligently, and when you mess up and miss it, coming back the next time, you will start to see change in your life because the word of God has power. And God has promised in his word that is trustworthy and true, that he will use it to change you at the deepest level. So to close tonight, I want to read this passage from Isaiah 55. It's a longer passage. But I think it's a beautiful picture of just these people who are living in and under the word of God, turning away from their sin to Christ, to the truth of the scripture and to the life and the, the restoration, the rejuvenation that, that flows from that. And as you'll see, it, it also has a promise from God that his word will succeed in bringing this life and restoration about it has power. Isaiah 55, starting in verse six, seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon, call upon him, While he is near, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord.
1: For as the heavens
0: are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. It starts with this amazing invitation. Anyone can turn to God and receive his compassion and his, his pardon, forgiveness from our sins, that he can be found, that he is near. Isn't that amazing? That the God of the universe is near to us. He's given us truth in the scripture. He's revealed himself to us. He didn't have to do that. But also we must meekly receive, right? His ways are above ours. His thoughts are above our thoughts. So we are to respond, to forsake our ways. Repentant turn to him. He goes on in verse 10. And in verse 10, we start with the invitation. And now we have the promise. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but I shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God's word has a purpose, and the purpose will come to be. God promises, right? Just as rain doesn't fall and and just do nothing causes food to grow. It has a purpose. It brings life
1: just so that
0: God does not give us his word for nothing. It's not just some random list of things for us to do, but it has purpose. It wants to give us life and direct us to Jesus, the truth of the gospel, life in his ways. So to end in verses 12 to 13, there's this picture of the life that flows from the word. You shall go out in joy, and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Right? The Bible is there to give us life, to give us joy and peace, the dry desolation of a life of sin, a life that only leads to death and pain may instead be turned to to true life, right? Abundant life, everlasting life. And that God would be glorified for it, that every single person would know that our God is real, he is gracious, he is holy, he is loving and kind, and that his ways are indeed true and right and life-giving. That is the picture of what God desires for your life and for my life. And that is the life that he has the grace and power to bring about. Let me tell you, I've seen it. I've seen this in my life, right? When I've obeyed God and turned to Him, taking him up on his invitation, I've experienced joy and peace it hasn't been easy and day by day, but I've seen it. and I know many people here have, as well. We're all invited to experience that, but it's only through submitting to Him and His word by trusting in Christ that we get to see that, that we'll get to live this life. So take the word seriously. It's true, it's trustworthy. prioritize gain to hear it. live in the Word of God and then put it into action. actually do it live under the word. Go to class and make sure you do the homework. I pray. Lord, thank you so much for the word. Thank you that you've chosen to reveal yourself in it. Thank you that we can know you and have a relationship with you and live eternally with you. God, uh, you know very well that your ways are above ours and that this can sometimes be very challenging for us. So I pray that by your spirit, you would help us put these things into action. God, that by your grace, we would see things in the scripture, and be humble enough to accept them and, and you give us the power to change. Thank you so much for this promise at the end of Isaiah 55, of the life and the peace and the joy that follows God Thank you so much for what you've done through Christ and the life that he gives. Um, I pray that you would help us all to, to come to that guy wherever we are. I pray, God, that the the scripture would be alive and active, as you say, in Hebrews in our lives. So thank you, God, so much. We love you. We praise you. We look to you in your name. Thanks for listening to USC Christian Challenge Podcast. You can find us on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Music or Spotify, where you can also give us a review. We meet every Thursday night on the campus of the University of Southern California, and you can get involved and find out more about us, upcoming events, and weekly small groups on Instagram at USC Christian Challenge and on our website, USCChristianChallenge.com.